choosing an independent education counsellor, applying through an agent, and the importance of making mistakes quickly. I'm Jonathan Tinnaker, and this is Better Uni Choices. This week, we look at two different options for those of you who don't have access to expert advice and support in your school. We look at choosing an independent education counsellor, and we look at applying through a student recruitment agent. And finally, we learn the importance of making mistakes quickly. So, last week we looked at how best to work with your school's university counsellor. Many of you, however, won't have access to expert advice and support in your school or college. This will mainly apply to those currently at schools outside of the UK, but even some of you in the UK might feel that the support you're receiving is not quite enough for you. If this is you, then keep listening. We'll be looking at independent education counsellors and student recruitment agencies. Both may be options for you, and which you choose will depend on your needs and circumstances. So let's start with independent education counsellors. These are individuals or companies who should provide an unbiased, objective expert service to help you. They work for you and not for the universities, and they charge you a fee ranging from a few hundred pounds up to several thousands of pounds. I personally know a handful of such individuals, and typically they come from a background where they have previously been a teacher, a school guidance counsellor, or a university admissions tutor. Occasionally, they may have just been a parent who has helped their own children, or even a student who found themselves helping others and then turned it into a business. Sometimes they work on their own, and sometimes in partnership with others as part of a small business. And sometimes they are part of a large business, maybe focusing just on university guidance or perhaps part of a wider education and tutoring service. From your perspective, what is critical is that they are unbiased and objective, that they are expert and that they are actually going to help you. So these are the three things you should really check before agreeing to buy their services. So how do you know if they are unbiased? Well, to see if they might not be as unbiased and objective as they seem, check that they are only making income from you via the fee you pay them. If they are also charging universities a fee for your admissions, then they are not objective as they will likely be trying to send you to a university who they have an agreement with. Put another way, they are misleading you as they are actually a recruitment agent. In charging both you and the university, they are what is known as double dipping and this is not okay. Now, assuming they are only acting on your behalf and only making income on your fee, it is also worth checking if they have any other allegiances, such as working for a university in a different capacity or having involvement in a university alumni group. This might allow bias to creep into their advice. Now, secondly, are they expert? Well, the sort of questions I would ask would be about what they did before they became an independent counsellor and about their current record as success as a counsellor. If they have substantial experience as a school counsellor at a school with a track record of sending students to the UK universities, then there is a good chance that they know what they're doing. But if they've just been part-time in such a role for a short time, you'll want to ask more questions of them. If they've worked in university admissions, then I'd be curious to know where, and whether they have knowledge of just one university or have a broad perspective from several universities. Clearly, the broader their knowledge is, the better. A number of larger companies offering so-called expert advice actually connect you with people who have no experience at all of working in universities or schools and instead use current students or recent graduates, 
on the basis that they have been through the process themselves, so are best placed to advise. Now, while peer-to-peer -peer connections and peer mentoring certainly have huge potential benefits, see for example our unibody and zero gravity, paying for the advice and support of another student doesn't seem like a sensible option to me. In terms of their current work, you should ask them how they keep up to date on trends and developments in the sector. Do they belong to any specific professional groups or networks? Do they attend training and development programmes, such as those offered, for example, by UCAS, the British Council, the Times Higher Ed, or individual universities? Do they have any professional accreditation from these or other organisations? And is the training accreditation available to all of their staff, or just a select few? Good answers to these questions will give you confidence that they are not just working to their own agenda, but want to learn, to keep up to date and provide you with the best service possible. And how do you know if they are actually going to help you? Well, the third thing that I would suggest you check before signing up to an independent counsellor or company is the matter of whether they are really there to help you. They should always offer an initial consultation for free, and you should use this as an opportunity to check whether you think they are really listening to you or whether they are more inclined to quickly push you through to choices and options before they really have the measure of you. A good counsellor will always really listen first and will take their time before suggesting options. Their initial job should be to ask the right questions and this is a good test for your first meeting with them. Also, check the small print. If you find a counsellor who you feel confident is unbiased, expert and focused on helping you, then the final check you need to do is look closely at the small print of the contract. Be very careful not to sign up to anything that will give the counsellor or the company the right to use your work, your essays or your image without further consent from you. I have no problem with companies using past students' work to help inspire future students, but the right to use your essays in this way should always lie with you and not with the counsellor. They should also never stand in the way of direct communications between you and the universities to which you apply. Any counsellor or company that demands control of your applications, such as insisting on the sharing of passwords or using their address or email instead of your own, is not someone that you should work with. Another question you might be wondering is, are any of these advisors dodgy? Well, some of you may have watched the Netflix documentary Operation Varsity Blues, the college admissions scandal. It is a sobering tale of widespread corruption in US admissions, with a greedy independent counsellor at its heart, aided and abetted by those in the universities themselves. I can say hand on heart that I have never come across anything quite like the equivalent of this in the UK admissions. If you need an independent counsellor because your school does not have the expertise, then crack on. The one or two independent counsellors who I have known over my career have been decent professionals with their students' interests at heart. I am aware of one or two of the larger counselling and tutoring companies operating in a way that could be regarded as sharp practice, e.g. with regards to the contract small print, and who charge fees that I would regard as excessive. However, you should not let the behaviour of a few prevent you from working with the good ones. So, exercise a little caution when choosing your counselling company and you should be able to find a good one. One final comment on working with an independent counsellor. If you are applying through your school and are using an independent counsellor, please tell your school that you are getting this extra help. Otherwise, you can put them in an extremely difficult position. Someone at your school will be writing your reference and signing off your application. If you were to mislead them about having outside help with your application and they find out, it could jeopardise your application. 
So be honest, be open and be upfront. Okay, now we're going to move on and look at student recruitment agents. Sometimes it might not be obvious to you as an applicant who are independent education counsellors and who are agents. Sometimes you might find the same company is actually offering both. But we need to be clear that business models are quite different and this matters. So how do student recruitment agents make money? Well, student recruitment agencies are paid by the universities and typically derive most of their income by charging a fee to the university if they send a student to that university. This fee is called a commission and will typically be around 10 to 15% of the tuition fee, sometimes just for the first year, sometimes for all years of study. An agency may have agreements with just a few universities or they may have an agreement with many universities. I'm not aware of any agent having agreements with all universities in the UK, as some universities, uh, notably Imperial, Oxford, Cambridge, simply don't work with agents. Agents will also make income through some other means, such as charging universities to attend fairs or to have advertising on their websites. So why does it matter to you? Well, it means that a student recruitment agent is, by definition, not unbiased or objective, as they only get paid if they send you to a university who they have an agreement with. Disappointingly few agents are clear and upfront about this, and indeed some will also charge you a fee to make an application. I mentioned this earlier, and I would argue that it's not okay to charge both you and the university a fee. By charging you a fee, they imply that they are working for you, when in reality they are working for someone else. This creates a conflict of interest, and trust me, most of the time it is you who will lose out. However, do not write off agencies altogether. There are some compelling reasons for some students to use agencies, and when you choose wisely, they can provide you with free help and free support with your application that you may well need and benefit from. So when might you use an agent? Well, perhaps you don't have strong support in your school, you don't know your way around UK universities, and there isn't an independent counsellor in your area who is available or affordable. In this instance, you might find that a good agent can form a helpful cultural bridge between you and the UK universities. They can help you understand all the complex terminology and they can guide you through the application process. It is 100% in their interests for you to gain a place at university, so they will help you as much as they can with your application. They may have even become a UCAS application centre themselves, which is very beneficial if your school isn't one. They can also provide you with support after you've secured your place, such as advising on visas and travel arrangements. They only get paid if you turn up at the university and stay, so they will work hard to get you all the way to your chosen university. And of course, for you, their services are, or at least should be, completely free. So what should you consider when choosing an agent? Well, the main thing you need to be aware of is that they are not unbiased when it comes to your choice of university. If you are aware of this, then you can work with them. It's a bit like working with a travel agent. They don't work with all the hotels, but if you're happy with the hotels they do work with, then that's okay. There are, of course, some great agencies and some rogue agencies, so do your due diligence before choosing one. Secondly, which universities do they have formal agreements with? Lots of agents will tell you they've sent students to X, Y and Z. That doesn't mean they work with them. Check with them which universities they have signed contracts with. If you don't see one or two highly ranked universities on the list and or your preferred universities are not there, then walk away. 
An established and reputable agent should have agreements with at least 20 universities from across the broad spectrum of choices. If they don't, then before you know it, they could be pushing you into choices that you don't want to make. Also, where have their students actually gone to study? They will typically give the headline universities that will impress your parents, but you should dig deeper and ask how many students went to each university last year. Essentially, don't fall for the marketing, dig for the truth. You might also want to look at who are their staff and how are they trained. What experiences and training do the staff have? Do they get opportunities to visit the UK and meet with the universities? Do they have regular visits from the universities that they work with? Do they receive external training, such as UCAS or British Council training? And does the company have any external accreditation? It's really important to know that there is a culture of training and personal development, otherwise the sport you get will be out of date and could do more harm than good. Also look at, are there any hidden costs to you? So check if there are any extra charges or hidden costs that might pop up later in the process. If so, are they legitimate? I mentioned earlier that agents should not charge you if they're being paid by universities. Some agents, however, will have a separate package for students applying to Oxford, Cambridge, Imperial, etc. In this instance, it may be reasonable, since these universities don't pay commissions to agents and the work to support your application is substantial. Just do all the checks that I recommended with independent education counsellors. If, however, they want to charge extra for things like visa support or personal statement support while sending you to a university where they get paid a commission, you should steer clear. And as with independent counsellors, check the small print in the contract before you sign. In particular, look out for anything that gives the agent the right to use your work or your image and anything that will prevent you communicating directly with the universities, if and when you need to. Both of these are big red flags. Now, my final word on agencies is that while working in the international office at Loughborough University, I worked with lots of them. There were, as with all walks of life, some amazing and committed people and some absolute rogues who I dropped at the first opportunity. Most were somewhere in between. In the intervening years, the government, the British Council in particular, have attempted to improve and professionalise the agent sector. But it remains largely unregulated and practice still varies wildly. For many of you, an agent will be hugely helpful in your application, but please choose wisely by asking lots of questions about their services and have your eyes wide open to their potential bias. As with independent counsellors, please don't use an agent if you already have good support in your school. Remember that your school counsellor has nothing financial to gain from the choices you make, whereas an agent does. If for one reason or another you do choose to use an agent, but are still applying via your school, please tell the school so they are fully aware of the additional input that you're receiving. Okay, well normally at this point we would have a did you know, but actually no did you know this time, since we spent quite a bit of time on the previous section. We will, however, finish with a quote of the week, uh, which this week comes from Tallulah Bankhead. If I had to live my life again, she says, I'd make the same mistakes, only sooner. You see, you can't learn from your mistakes unless you make them. And the faster you make them, the faster you'll learn. Next week, what to look out for at University Open Days. Thanks for listening. See you next time.